Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we discuss what Dr. Spock has to say about raising swine as we watch the greatest TV show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 54th episode, Bringing Up Baby. This one is a fun one. It's just, it's ridiculous, and it actually lands, you know, the the quote-unquote plot twist (laughs) when they're actually talking about a pig. Like, watching it, I was like, that's actually pretty deep into the mix, you know? Like, the the episode title doesn't give it away, and you, you know, especially watching this as the first time, it is fucking funny that a gigantic pig walks through the door. (laughs) So, I give them credit for that. Yeah, it's off the rails, this one. Um, <laughs> I have two sort of like personal anecdotes. For some reason, I feel like I, <laughs> well, one is actually, yes. <laughs> um, I feel like I watched this one a lot when I was growing up because um, whenever I had, like we moved or something and I had lost a bunch of the DVDs or I hadn't unpacked them, but this one with this episode, and they must have the episode before it too, but this just episode, you know, it feels like I've seen it a lot and I can like yeah. hear the theme music as I fall asleep and like, you know, like pick up the lines of dialogue. And the other thing is that um, in the house I grew up in, there was a pot belly pig who lived in the house that like their backyard backed up into mine, um, which was weird. Cause as you know, <laughs> I grew up in like a very suburban town and fill it like near Philadelphia. So it wasn't really pig country, but so I've, I've been around totally. it so I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably in college when I realized people had potbelly pigs as, as pets. <laughs> so weird. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. We all know, listeners out there, that I am not an animal person. But uh, anyway, it's really funny. My other reaction to, uh, you know, reacting a number of times after seeing this episode for the first time, of course, when the pig walks in is still thinking like, holy shit, that pig is enormous. Huge. Oh my God. I'm like, that's not babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. The pig in the city. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's the, uh, the grounding that we have in pig, you know, petness uh, is like the size of babe. Yeah. <laughs> from the nineties movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, this one actually, so I think this actually is the first episode where we hear 6151 Richmond Street. Yes, I wrote that As an too. address, you know, when Sophie comes home and, oh my God, the whole bit about a condom popped out. I just, you know, she's like, I got five in my pocket here, Dorothy, a lifetime supply. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like a classic joke about, you know, the Dorothy's sex life or lack thereof, but just the way she is distracted by sort of pulling them out and she just goes a lifetime supply <laughs> like just as a it, just this perfect you know Sophia um bothered else you know by doing something else type of just like under the radar line and I just <laughs> I love the way that is delivered yeah and you know um it's funny because she's so like exasperated by this um struggle of losing her glasses but And I guess this is before the era of cell phones. So if somebody went out for the day, they went out for the day. But I did write down, like, okay, so she's at the mall for six hours and nobody was concerned. Like, I guess if she's just, like, you know, out to buy a nectarine, she's off on her day. But hello. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, God. But, yeah, it's um, (laughs) also related to that, like, 
you know, okay, you, you've definitely encountered being worried about your mother before, right? Like, this has been a known thing. Also, in this episode, where they're, the prospect with having to raise a baby again is, like, treated like it was, it's, again, the first time. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, you guys were literally going to take in an infant, like, a while back. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and, and much more willfully, I think, than this uh, particular situation. But um, I'm, you know, but I will say I'm very impressed that Blanche actually, like, reads Dr. Spock. I, I thought it was actually kind of an interesting choice that they had her be like, oh, I'm going to put in the research to, like, help out. As opposed to be like, you know, oh, you guys will handle all the diapers and things and I'll just, uh, you know, be over here. Yeah, and on Vulcan, all the kids are born in pods. So what good is that doing anyway? (laughs) Um, I think that this episode has, it's so goofy. There's a lot of funny lines like that, like the Dr. Spock exchange. Totally. And a lot of similarly to what you were saying about like abandoned babies and taking in babies and, you know, just like creating a home for homeless infants. Um, they... <laughs> Tangential things that reappear. Yeah. Like with plot holes, because the other big thing about this is like Rose's dear uncle Hingeblotter, who I guess she wasn't super close with, but like how she don't, she would have heard if he had a baby, I guess. is Like it, it seems very crazy to me that nobody in Rose's family would have alerted her to the fact that her elderly uncle was now a father to a baby like where (laughs) you know like she doesn't know seriously though it's like yeah the the age of it and it's something about like the distant relatives and especially of this time right where you're not you don't have the ability to just stalk your random third cousin on Facebook and like know every single detail of what's going on in their life, even if they live half a country away. Um, but it's still, to your point, still like there's somewhat of a St. Olive gossip chain connection here. Right. You know, like I doubt this, this was go- would have come out of the blue. Um, and it is really funny, too, because... Um, you know, when when they're about to reject the pig and he's like, oh, well, your your other cousin would love to, you know, take this pig on as well as the money. You know? <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what? What is the? It, is it say in the will that if Rose refuses that he gets it's just very uh, outlined for, uh, you know, some country folk, simple country folk. Yeah. Yeah. And that also I feel like that is a big plot in sitcoms and TV shows in general is like, oh, you're distant, distant relative relative died here's what you get yeah, but it's yeah. not you know like it's not usually a big giant farm animal in urban miami but whatever <laughs> it's fine and that i actually give them credit because you know my initial reaction when the guy shows up at the door the lawyer you're just like you you came all the fucking way down here instead of making her come for it and i was like all right i guess it makes sense if like the pig is well paid for yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> but yeah it's like the plot the the sitcom plot of like I'm going to do everything in my power to chase you down, distant relative, to make sure you get all the money you deserve. You're like, no, that shit just like sits in escrow or whatever, and it's on unclaimed money, and you got to write a long letter, and no one's like rushing to give you your inheritance, really. Right, exactly. <laughs> you got you to do that work, man. Yeah, well, I guess if it's like a live pig, they're like, oh, this guy needs care right away. Exactly. Well, that's why I gave it a little bit more of a <laughs> some leeway compared to some other plots, but... But I do, I do love the conceit of, of Sophia, you know, basically being blind, you know, because you get all those <laughs> great lines of like, Rose, like, I'm going to have a baby. And Sophia's like, I bet it's a boy you're carrying really high and in front. <laughs> <laughs> and then her just like, I look like Buddy Holly. You oh, know? my God. I mean, yeah. 
with the glasses. It's um, as always, it's absolutely wonderful, Sophia. And it transforms from like her, you know, basically being blind joke to just being classic crude, you know, <laughs> like we'll cut you in. And she's like, 25 grand in 10 seconds. Oh my God. <laughs> and then my other um, favorite line, of course, is like, I don't know what the normal temperature is for a pig. She's like, I know a ham turns out nicely at 325. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if um, Estelle Getty has like a cold or something, but her voice is a little raspy and I think it actually adds to her distress of like losing her glasses um totally and the other thing I was gonna say about that is what a simple comedic device but every time they put Sophia in a pair of other glasses it's funny like Roy Orbison this buddy Holly like it's always funny it works so well (laughs) it's really kind of amazing and uh yeah you're you're right about the I the voice I didn't really even pick up on that but she does have a little bit of a different voice in this episode and to me it was almost just like like you said it adds to the the comedy but also in just the delivery of lines like I was talking about earlier where she's just like a lifetime supply you know it's got like it's got like a bit of shake in it uh and it's oh my god it's she's she's just genius yeah (laughs) sometimes life really bites the big one so so good and okay so they make (laughs) this decision to raise the baby together and to go back to what you said a couple minutes ago about blanche like reading the dr spock books (laughs) i think it's because you know she says like as long as you all are around to clean up after it when it spits up and pees and i wrote in my notes i was like honestly like that's how i feel i love kids i love a baby i don't want to have to clean up you know like so I feel like I was like yes if I could be like a sister wife with you know like three other women who agreed to do all of the gross stuff like that sounds great <laughs> totally exactly uh, you dividing up the chores and, and I take out the garbage <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean in general uh you know speaking as uh someone who is lucky enough not only to have a partner to help me raise a young child but also extended family such as my parents (laughs) and my my partner's parents and you know if it wasn't a pandemic a lot of other people would come over like (laughs) you and you would just hand her back to me when you need a diaper change and otherwise go play um (laughs) you know the old adage about it takes a village is fucking true and that doesn't even apply to just pee and poop and throw up it's just like man taking care of a thing forever is really hard (laughs) so it would be really nice if you had a giant household that could uh share that weight so yeah i'm i'm all about that but then you know of course a pig shows up right everything changes (laughs) yeah oh my god and um when she like so when the the pig actually shows up and the lawyer's talking and and dorothy's like forget it forget it and then they have like you know like he tells them how much money and and the the line welcome baby is so it's just like one of those classic golden girls lines where you know like somebody will tweet it or say it or you know like type it out and there's no way to really type that inflection but you can't not read it in that delivery it's it's like exactly it's just so easily accessible as a an audible sound um (laughs) and it's it's just like i i hesitate to say oh, like, B. Arthur's really coming into her own, like, this season kind of thing, because she's just always there. She's always on top, and she's always amazing. But there's even, like, like the look she gives Blanche when she's, like, being even more of a caricature than usual <laughs> in this episode. And, like, just, yeah, that, that delivery, forget it! And the physical comedy that comes with her, like, running back <laughs> across the room is, like, 
there's nothing like it and that that's that's why i'm sorry you know golden palace failed it's you need her as that element it's like just be arthur just completes this quartet in a way that like no one else could replace her and it, it it's all in those moments the look moments the physical moments and the voice inflection moments <laughs> i just i absolutely love that scene yeah it's 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 true and, and it is why golden palace failed um there oh the other thing i wanted to say is so i did some uh math first time ever i've done math for this podcast and you know probably like the 10th <laughs> time i've ever done math for fun um in life yeah so i looked up what a hundred thousand dollars would be now uh with inflation and oh. so it's 200 it's almost 232 thousand dollars so it's a lot of money and it's particularly a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money. Split four ways. That's almost $40,000 a piece. Almost, Rose. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like they're always having all these money problems and like, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Totally. I would do this for $250,000. I'm rounding up. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what other math would be good to do is like how many times like being nice to Rose <laughs> because she's a sweetheart, but also just naive, like cost them something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether in actual cold, hard cash or like missed opportunities, you know, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's, it's actually funny because, you know, in the beginning before, again, before, you know, it's a pig, like Rose has this lovely line where she's basically like, you know, it's when Blanche is reading Dr. Spock and, all the things, you know, it says needs a male role model and all this stuff. And she's like, you know, I, all you have to do is give, you know, the kid like love, attention and understanding and like, they'll be fine. And actually, it's really funny because, again, like as a parent to a human uh, <laughs> in reading all these books and things and you're always constantly being like, is this the day I'm going to fuck you up forever? <laughs> um, it, it really is like kind of it's nice in a, in like, yes, there are things you need to do and teach your child, etc. But like the real main reason humans get really fucked up is when they don't get love or attention or understanding. <laughs> so it's like those basic tenants. Like if you do nothing else, obviously feed your kid and change its diaper. But like those, like she's actually really right about that. And I thought that was kind of interesting as like one of those moments where Rose is like very, very wise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when somebody else is kind of going off the rails a little bit, you know, and of course, it, I, I think maybe they had the conceit of um, Blanche reading the Dr. Spock book just to deliver the men line. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And that's so funny because so, yeah. like that seems so. Um obvious you know like I feel like I yeah people are like what do you need parenting books for you just love it and you give it a love and it'll be fine (laughs) and it's like yeah yeah okay sure like as a basic and that you know that feels very um true to me as something that Rose would believe in and not that she would like dismiss parenting books but she would not you know like she's not getting the nuances of like what you know, like, I don't even think she's really considering, like, the long-term damage that parents could do to their kids if their intentions were good. Um, Correct. But Correct. it's funny yeah. that, that you know, like, she's kind of right. And, yeah, she always she always pulls these, like, weird little bits of wisdom out of nowhere. <laughs> Hypersexual bitch. <laughs> um, no, she, I mean, yes, she she's right. But also, you need the, like, cold, hard tips. Yeah. Me, you know, not not hurt your kid with solely good intentions for <laughs> sure and as we all know you know rose is well into her 60s here and definitely needs a little help uh, in life to go but uh but yeah i just thought that was interesting because i don't think that line ever did strike me before yeah being a parent you know and it's like 
just because you see that repeated where it's like and, it, and again that's yet another confusing part about parenting is what you just highlighted there where you're just like that's it it's all it takes and you're like no 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 there's more <laughs> i need to know more than this <laughs> it is a good thing that we have books on child rearing but <laughs> yeah. anyway um but yeah i just like that part um but yeah <laughs> Also, can I comment on, you know, back to uh, Buddy Holly on the Lanai. <laughs> uh, it looks like the Lanai background is different. Like, this is, again, like we talked about, you know, a few episodes back with the the snazzy new, new set. set. The, you know, the boardwalk and everything. I'm like, I feel like they changed the Lanai backdrop. Like, it, it looks like there's, like, a distant pool in it or something, <laughs> you know? Like, the neighbors got one installed. Maybe it was the Bartons next. I, you know, I, it's it's just really funny that, like, these little little tiny notes of like oh let's update the lanai background when like it's supposed to be the same building next door it's just very funny yeah yeah it does everything does look like this is now you know we're a big three into the third season so the upgrades um you know like we're starting <laughs> coming fast. yeah exactly like i feel like they're they're we're seeing a couple each episode um and, you know, I wanted to say also about Rose, like, so she has that, that, that bit that we were talking about, but she also in very like classic Rose fashion, um, when they're talking about how baby doesn't like the pen and Rose, like he's a rebel, you know, and like, and she like, identifies <laughs> with his, like, his, like, I don't know, what would you even call that? His like wanting to roam the frontier of the house. Like, you know, it's yeah. so, she just has these weird little niches and and I always think of the the competitive nature because that seems to be the one that like comes up the most frequently but there's also these other yeah. two you know like she has this adventurous side and um this sort of uh like inherent wisdom and and it's nice that we get to see both of them and honestly this just like her overarching theme is trying to do good and trying and believing that everyone is good and that sort of yes. ultimately drives the whole plot of this one right and specifically to do good by animals right, right? like that's another rose quality that's just a mirror of a betty white quality for sure and like uh, a far cry from the beginning of the second season when we had you know raising minx we are now like properly raising a pig and properly sending him home to die and lose money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really, um, it is funny. Like you said that, that whole little, like there's these little hints of Rose in that adventurous, like I, what your description of, you know, baby not wanting to be pinned <laughs> up is like rambling, right? Like, you know, like a, a rambling man, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's like the Tyler's landing thing, you know? It's, yes. like, it's like a, flashy city and it's just these like they're jokes because to us and to the viewers and you know everybody else in the room <laughs> Dorothy and Sophie and Blanche they're not actually adventurous bits but it is also kind of like a wholesome reminder and I, I feel this way especially now that I've gotten older and again I am a parent it's like a wholesome reminder that like even the little things can feel adventurous, you know? And it's like, part partly they can feel adventurous because, like, I guess if you haven't been exposed to quote-unquote real adventure, your bar is low. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still, like, nice to see, right? When you, like, you don't have the jadedness of Dorothy, right? Or you don't have the, like, 
I'm above that of Blanche. And, you know, it's like the same idea of like Rose is doing, you know, puppets and she pretends she's Gulliver with the gummy <laughs> bears. And it's just like, you just fucking have fun, man. And like, you can't really blame her for that. You know, she's got the desire of like, oh, I, I love, I love and respect this pig for his rambling nature. <laughs> <laughs> and it just touches her in this like really just adorable way there's really no other way to put it yeah yeah totally and and she is so it, it, it's in line with like you know her naive nature and her um her sort of innocence for for lack of a better term and and both of these yeah. actually rose and blanche i feel like are really um showing those qualities that uh kate brown brought up in her book about like Blanche's yes you know it's like it's funny here but Blanche's sort of uneasiness with motherhood and and you know like how simply she says like I don't want to basically I don't want to do any of the hard or bad or not fun parts of having a baby but I'll do all the good stuff right and like totally. that's what she would have done sounds like, like a dad <laughs> yeah no literally <laughs> stereotypical dad father's how do I clean it yell and they barbecue um and <laughs> you know like what you're saying about Rose like she's just like here to do good and she always expects the best of everyone and and she's here for adventure but her sense of adventure is so easily um it's so easily satisfied because she has such a sort of sheltered background and and, you know that's the same thing with baby (laughs) exactly (laughs) and then it's ironic too that we're you know we're talking about these like the low bar for uh, adventure and just like how easily it's satisfied when they have the line, Rose, I know this is a long shot, but did you take much acid during the 60s? <laughs> it's just, again, going back to like that B. Arthur, it's like she's just always at the top of her game. And that's one of my favorite lines kind of ever. It's amazing. In the delivery. And I, I just love that it shows up in this episode. Yeah. There's two other, there's uh, Sophia and Dorothy exchange I want to bring up and then another Sophia line when um, Sophia looks in on baby and she's like, he's a half hour away from sizzling. <laughs> Say that all the time, <laughs> often when it's not applicable, like when I'm like, you know, tanning or something on the beach, like I'm sizzling. <laughs> um <laughs> So that's worked its way into my lexicon. And then the other one is when the vet comes and Dorothy's like, how is baby doc? And then yeah. Sophie's like, I read Newsweek. They read about a Haiti. Like she's like sharing <laughs> this fact that she read and she like thinks is like helpful or like, you know, interesting. And, and, and it's just like, so it's so typical Sophia to be like, you know, that she's talking to a vet, you know, the pig's name is baby. Like there's no reason that you wouldn't have the context to understand what Dorothy's asking, but it, it doesn't matter. Cause her response, is just it's just it works so well <laughs> exactly just she's just plugging into the conversation you know where she's the, yeah it's, exactly. it's kind of reminds me of the uh the <laughs> the exchange um when uh in another episode you know where, where <laughs> dorothy's like blanche are you listening to this you know she's like yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> not really paying attention to rose like sophia's just always half off in her other world um, speaking of Baby Doc and like other references that are, are assuredly in Matt Browning's book of Golden Girls references, the um, the E.F. Hutton brochure. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Which is of course like a financial stockbroker's firm. She's like, Ma, you took those out of my purse. She's like, No, no, they fell out when I was taking the twenty. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, talk about again, hearkening back earlier. If you if you feel compelled to do math again, I would love 
like a super cut and maybe some genius has already done this on YouTube. We'll have to check it out of uh, all of the moments where Sophia references stealing money from Darth because <laughs> there are a lot. So many. And they're always funny. It's always great. She's just, you know, she's a little furry little gnome that they feed to. Oh, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, can we talk about Blanche's offspring? Please. You know, I've been Speaking waiting to talk about man. this. <laughs> I this is the famous the famous episode the, where she quote unquote lists as many as possible right yes okay so I bring this up all the time and actually recently I was um like listening to one of our older episodes or like I was pulling out a clip or something and I was like oh you know I say that a lot that we don't know how many kids Blanche has but does that actually really ever explicitly come up and it, it does and here is where it is so she's like you know she really wants the Mercedes which is also a running theme I don't understand like just buy a Mercedes you seem to have enough money but whatever so she's really after this Mercedes and um she's bargaining with Dorothy and she's like which one of I I'll give you one of my sons Biff Doug Skippy and then yeah. she says, I've had four kids. I've never had a Mercedes. And there right. are three kids who are not named, which is Janet, Rebecca, and Michael, the accountant. Or Matthew. I'm sorry. Matthew, Matthew the accountant. Matthew. Yes. Um, Matthew, the accountant. And so there's some plot holes here, Susan Harris. <laughs> well, I think what's also, well, it's not Susan's fault. Right, I know. <laughs> it's, it's the writer's fault. <laughs> She's like, I don't give a fuck how many kids Blanche has. Um, but there is a there is like another fan theory that like Matthew is Skippy. <laughs> oh. And it would make sense that like the CPA has asthma, you know, if sure. you're gonna play fully into the cliche. <laughs> she worries about him enough as it is. Yeah. Um <laughs> he's a CPA and he has asthma. But yeah, the uh, complete erasure of Janet and Rebecca, who, you know, it's like, come on, guys. Like, right. It's too much. And it's actually really funny because like, you know, this I think that's it. I think besides the Matthew line and Biff Doug Skippy, I think that's it. I think we're done talking about Blanche's sons. Yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, the only, the closest we come is when George has his son. Yeah. That shows up. Right. And it's crazy because like the daughters, both daughters play pretty big plot points in yes. other episodes and like just totally like, where are they? <laughs> It's just really funny. It's just, an, hey, it's a whole new season. It's a whole new ball game, you know? I actually do not know um, if there were seasoned uh, writers for this particular one, but it could be some new talent yeah. that they brought on board. I allow that Skippy <laughs> But again, it didn't matter. Yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, at least, you know, because then Jesus, like, you got six kids? You had six kids? Like, I know you like fucking, but Jesus. I don't know, man. Those Southern, got a lot of work. The Southern, like, plantation families, I feel like they had to. <laughs> Just a lot of room I don't know to, what the rules are. Ramble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, a couple other notes. The the animatronic pig ear under the blanket <laughs> is just so funny. <laughs> Yet another example of like, we got a budget. What are we gonna do? You know? Uh. Um and uh <laughs> the line up back on the line was like, eat your slop before I slap that little pink fanny. It's like, oh, that's the way they used to call us for dinner at the home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another super cut that would be very worthy is like Sophia's memories of Shady Pines and all of the uh, horrific abuse that she uh, assuredly suffered there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then the another example of like something that's absolutely not allowed is like riding in a Mercedes being towed. <laughs> the engine's so quiet. Eat your heart out, my them. <laughs> <laughs> favorite 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 it's really great and it just always uh makes me giggle of how 
bad the exterior shots are when they have to do like an establishing shot just can't can't light the outdoors the same way you can light that indoor you know tv studio no you sure can't yeah yeah and you know like it's such a um this is such a wacky one and they all like you know there's just it's so funny like blanche doesn't really believe that the pig is homesick which is also ridiculous by the way but then like he sees the picture of the farm and like then she believes you know it's like it's all it all is very sitcom-y but the actual subject matter is so bizarre that it feels I mean it is original and and so like it doesn't it doesn't feel like another just like oh you know like another moral dilemma it's like oh they're deciding whether or not to send a pig home to the farm because he's homesick and then in this like crazy ironic twist he dies anyway (laughs) (laughs) you're right it's like it is like sort of a moral dilemma but like because it's a playful one because the audience like obviously sides with everyone but rose (laughs) it's like even animal lovers are like that is a fuckload of money dude like that is is really to be well spent somewhere else you know um but uh yeah it's it's just like it's it's low stakes you know for for the audience watching it as opposed to uh you know other previous moral dilemmas that we have seen and will see (laughs) but yes it is very fun it is very fun i'm happy that you have uh not one but two pig memories attached to it i know yeah you can never have enough All right, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Join us next time. We're going to discuss painted rocks, love potions, and uncomfortable assumptions made about lawyers. Take care.